This morning, my message is called Taking Steps. And I think we can all remember a time where we can all think of a time where we've been lost. You felt like you were lost. Several years ago, it was about four years ago, I came to a place where in ministry I was lost. And I, I've shared this, I've shared this several times with, with some of you, and if that's the case, then just just bear through it. You're gonna hear it again. I was at a point in ministry where I thought, if this is it, if if this is if this is all it gets to, I'm done. I don't want to be part of it anymore. If this, is, if this is all it can be, if this is all youth ministry and, and ministry altogether is, is cracked up to be, I'm done. At a tough time, when we, were, when we were in Cincinnati, when we were working there, and talked to my wife about it, and we, we prayed about it, and Maybe, maybe there's a church out there. Maybe there's a church that's, that's different. Maybe there's something that's different. So, me, me trying to be the smart man I am, not. I thought, maybe there's a church that's different. But quite possibly there isn't. There's no such a thing. And I'm dreaming of something that doesn't exist. I put in an application at UPS a couple of days apart from sending in my resume to Orchardville Church because I thought if this church is just like anything else, just like all the other churches, if the staff's just like all the other people, the congregation's just like all the other people, I'll go work at UPS. I'll deliver your boxes for you. I think I look good in brown shorts. <laughs> I was lost in ministry. And I came here. I got the generic email. I still have it. I've, I've saved it and I've kept it all these years from Kay. I got the generic email. Uh, please be patient with us while we go through the application process at this time. And you know what that means sometimes, so you're not really sure. I got an email back for an interview. Molly and I, we were on vacation. And my mother-in-law's here with us. She was, she was down there in Florida with us also. I did a phone interview for Orchardville Church in the parking lot of SeaWorld. <laughs> it's kind of prophetic almost. And when it was done, you know, I got to pet the dolphins, and that was pretty cool. And I told Molly, I said, for that being a weird interview, I think it went pretty well. And I got a call back about an hour later. They said, we'd like to have you come in and visit. So I came in and visited, and I was just blown away. Of course, I'd listened to Pastor Mark ever since I had turned in my, my application for the youth pastor position. I had I have this habit of, I like to listen to sermons while I'm doing the dishes. Now, I know a lot of you men don't do the dishes, but that's, that's my me time. I have three kids, four and under, and that's it. That and toilet time's iffy. 
It's just remember, if I remember to hit the lock or not, that, one's, that one can be jeopardized. Nobody wants to bug you when you're doing the dishes. I came here, was blown away. We don't have the, we don't have the woods there like it, like it used to be because of Camp Orchardville, but a lot of you will remember as you used to turn that, turn that spot there and you would just see trees and trees and trees and then like something out of Land of the Lost, you have this amazing building sitting here. I thought, wow, that is neat. You came here. People were amazing. They were genuinely happy to meet me. They didn't know who I was. They were so happy I was there, shaking my hand, asking me how I was doing. It was great. Did the interview process, and, you know, that's all kind of boring stuff. But they told me, I asked them, I said, is there anyone else that, you know, that's a runner-up? Because I want to know. I want to know if I have any competition or not, or if I'm the only one. They said, we have one other guy, one other guy we're looking at. I said, okay. But you better believe that night I prayed so hard that guy would just drop out and go somewhere else. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) I won by default. (laughs) I've never asked if they wanted him more than me. I don't want to know. (laughs) I was lost uh, lost in ministry. I was... I had taken college courses thinking, you know what, I'm going to, this is going to be my exit strategy. I'm going to get me a part-time job at UPS. I'm going to take these college courses. I'm going to get into accounting. I'm going to make the big bucks. I'm going to live happily ever after. And, and at some point one night when I was driving down the interstate, God, Wayne, Wayne County term, whooped my butt. <laughs> and I said, no, you're going you're gonna to stay in ministry. But I was still resilient. I was still, still running away. And I think all of us, we could, we could all think of a time this morning where we've been lost. You can get lost out in the woods. You can get lost driving someplace. You can have people give you bad directions. But I think the thing that happens more often than that is that people get lost in life. They get so tied up in routine or so, so tangled up in something else that before they know it, minutes have turned into hours and hours into days and days into years. And you've been lost in life. Gideon, who we're going to talk about this morning, was a man lost in life. If you will, turn with me to Judges chapter 6. Just to get you caught up to speed on Gideon, his people were broken, his people were lost. Gideon's own family and friends, they were struggling to have food because anytime they would, they would have a harvest, this country of people, the Midianites, would show up and they would take everything. You ever have that one moocher friend that does that, that one moocher uncle or cousin that you invite over to the house and they eat everything, like they eat all the ice cream, or the even worse version of that is they eat a lot of it and then they just leave a little bit at the bottom, right? Like one last swallow in the orange juice this morning when I got to it. (laughs) 
So that was the Midianites. Anytime God's people would would have something, anytime they would have any sort of livestock, any sort of, um, of crop for the harvest, the Midianites would show up, they would surround, and they would devour, eating it all up, taking it all away. So let's read there. Uh, let's start in verse 11, and we'll read all the way to 13. It says now, and my version might be a little bit different than yours, but bear with me. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith at Ophrah, which belonged, that's not Oprah, it's Ophrah. See the H there? Which belonged to Joash, the Abyssinite. While his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. If you live with somebody that is a moocher, you know what it is to beat out wheat in the wine press. Now that might not make sense to you, but if you have children especially, you'll know what it is to hide that bowl of ice cream away out of their sight. To hide, you know. So that's what Gideon is essentially doing. He's over in the, in the corner of his shop and he's doing this so he can have something for himself, so he can have it for his family. I don't sit with my legs crossed when we're on the couch and I'm eating ice cream just because I want to. I do it so because my kids are short in height and if I do it high enough, the bowl, the bowl is concealed. It's safe. So there's Gideon. We'll pick up in verse 11. Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. What a greeting. And Gideon says to him, Please, please, sir. Attitude, he's not being polite. Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and he's given us into the hand of Midian. Verse 14. And the Lord turned. Now, understand this. We have a transition there. At first, it's, it's an angel, but then it, it recognizes that this is the Lord. And, and in super-duper Bible scholar terms, they sometimes refer to this as the pre-incarnate Christ. And that was Jesus before he was born of a virgin. So understand what's going on here now. This isn't, isn't just any angel. This is Jesus standing in there. And the Lord, verse 14, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. Go in this work, in this might of yours. You've got work to do, Gideon. Gideon's questions were pretty tough. Maybe a little easy to recognize today. If the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? 
This is first question. Second question. Where are all of God's works that we used to hear about? Man, we're going to have to replace tissues after today. Gideon was lost in life. God tells him, he doesn't, God doesn't even entertain these questions. He says, go in this might of yours. You've got work to do, Gideon. Don't focus on those questions. Don't think about those questions. Just know, go in this might of yours. Use your own strength, however big, however little that might be. Use what you have and go. We've got stuff we got to get done. We have work to do. Orchardville, we have work to do. Turn to your neighbor, tell him you got work to do. You know this is going to be a short sermon this morning. You knew it, right? As short as is, but we've got some work to do. Orchardville Church, we have some work to do. I think I got an idea how to do it. First of all, you're going to have to remain still standing. You're going to have to be strong like those pillars and that cross right there. You're going to have to walk with God and never stop improving while you're walking with God. And you're going to carry confidence and you're going to have focus like you're walking with a letter from the king. Amen, Orchardville? We have work we got to do. And then the question comes, well, what can little old me do? What can I do? I'm nothing special. I've been reading this pretty neat book here. I think, Joy, I think you gave it to me. It says, as a Christian leader, I'm not looking for superstars to help get work done. Within any building, there are thousands and thousands of nails used to uphold the structure. In fact, there are 1,100 different types of nails, with common nails being the most practical and widely used. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 tells us that, Ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. It seems to me that God is looking for me and for you. He doesn't require us to be Billy Graham. He wants us us to be a nail in his holy place. While every nail is not the same, it is equally important. By the same token, not every worker within the church will be the same. But each one will be equally important. And that was uh, tending the orchard by Pastor Mark Shell. Real neat thing right before that, that piece I just read to you. He goes on 
to talk about a man that I've never met, but that his, I've, I've certainly been exposed to his, his legacy. Greg Burgess. I never had the honor of meeting the man, but he, he's just legendary by Orchardville standards. Equally important. It's ordinary people doing ordinary things, but doing it with faith. The faith is what makes the difference. Go in this might of yours, whatever that might be. Some of you know, last summer, I, I foolishly tried to do um, t-ball coaching, and I know nothing about baseball. And Lacey Brentfro, she's kind of on the same level that I am. And we both applied for the, um, like the assistant coach job. And somewhere there was an error or some sabotage. There was an error and they put two assistant coaches together. I have no idea about baseball. So what I don't know, I, I've, most of the time I'll just imitate. So there's a lot of times where there's like another game going on or when we're doing the warm-ups and everything and I'm listening to one of the other coaches that seem like they know what's going on. You know, they're having them run bases. So I'm like, that's a good idea. Our kids are going to run. <laughs> She's shouting. There's this one, there's this one lady and I, I can't, I'm not even going to describe her because some of you would know her. I don't know her name, but she's just, she seems super intense. And when we played her team, I felt like we were in the major leagues of T-ball. But I, I watched her probably most because she just, she was so intense on the kids. Get your gloves up. Kids, hey, kids, get your gloves up. Our kids, my daughter was the worst one. I'll just say that, that my daughter was the worst one. She was picking like dandelions and, and all that stuff up out of the field, twirling in circles, stance and everything. And if I don't know how to do it, I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to find the best person at it and imitate them. But something that, something that tends to frustrate me is somebody that knows how to do something and they won't. You know what I'm talking about. They're, they're extremely gifted or they're, they're extremely skilled in an area and they simply, they simply, I added a syllable to simply. That's crazy. They simply won't do it simply. I can't do it again. They won't do it. They won't step up. They have the skill. They have the know-how. They have the ability, but they won't do it. You experience that a lot in ministry. You see someone that is extremely skilled. Hey, will you get involved? Nah, I'm good. I'm talking about going in this might of yours, and your might's not going to be like your neighbor's might, and, and their strength's not going to be your strength, and their weakness is not going to be your weakness. But whatever it is, whatever God has given you, whatever you have this morning, that is what you have to go on. And church, we have work to do. It doesn't stop here. We don't slow down at all. We keep going. Mark has made numerous mention in previous messages where he says, I don't want Orchardville Church to be, become something that it used to be known for. I want it to be known for what it is doing now. And if that's to happen, we have to be at work. We have to be faithfully doing things. We have to be faithfully getting involved, reaching people in our community. Because if we don't, it ends with us. The work is on our shoulders. 
And it's your might, no matter how little, no matter how big it is, it is in your hands. Each one has a responsibility. Go in this might of yours. Band, will you guys come, come on up here? Our altar time is always a, a neat time. It's always a... It doesn't... Altar time has that, has that appearance of, of being deceiving if you don't understand what's going on there because it doesn't look like a whole lot's happening. It looks like people are just kind of coming up here and, and sitting down. But really, you don't know what all is happening. You could be having strongholds broken down. You could be having people raised in the victory and newness of life with Jesus Christ. You don't know what's happening here but I want you to know this morning, if you're, if you're unsaved, if you've never met Jesus, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, he wants to have that relationship with you. He loves you. Before you can go to work, you have to meet the guy that's in charge. And he is the guy that's in charge. So if you're unsafe, the altar time will, will, will be your opportunity to come up here and there will be someone ready and willing to pray with you and, and talk to you about that. But this morning, if you do know Jesus, maybe you're ready to get to work this morning. Maybe you're ready to go do something. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been slowing down a little bit and saying, you know what? It's a little tough. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set back. I'm not going to do as much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little less involved this year. It's time to get back to work. There's a story about this guy that he went to work for this, for this wealthy man. It was this builder that went to work for this wealthy man. And this wealthy man gave him all these designs for this just elaborate mansion. And I mean, fine, fine, fine details on every single piece of it down to the woodworking how he wanted to look and, and, and years and years this builder just, just poured in his time and he, he poured in his, his energy and his resources into that building that house for that wealthy man and after years the wealthy man said it's finished and the next thing he did the wealthy man took the keys out of his pocket threw him to the builder. Want you to understand that being a servant is building your life. When you choose to serve, when you choose to serve others, when you choose to invest in things of the kingdom, you might not see it on this side. And I'm convinced this morning that, that Mark Shell is not finished receiving his rewards in heaven and he won't be until the world is finished until all things pass away because the ministries of Orchardville Church will continue on. People will continue to be reached, taught, served. So if you do know Jesus, maybe it's time to get back to work. We've seen Gideon do two things after that encounter with God. We've seen him, one, he built an altar and he gave praise to God. He said, praise you God. He gave an offering. And the next thing he did was he tore down the idols. 
that were hurting his people. The altar is your opportunity to do a lot of things this morning. So I encourage you, use it. Would you all stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord. Broken, hurting. And Lord, we want to be about your business. We want to be moving. We want the work to continue. Lord, I pray for, if, there's, if there's some in here that are far from you, Lord, that, that they're, they're distant, Lord, that they would, they would close in on that gap today, Lord, that they would, they would move towards you. And Lord, that, that others would, would be ready, ready to go do your work, ready to, to build for your kingdom. Lord, bless them now as they come. In your precious name. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.